2: Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, December 2nd. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, families gather in Jackson to honor those lost to violent crime. Then we explore HIV treatment, prevention, and barriers to care in Mississippi. Plus, one of America's oldest Christmas traditions returns. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. According to data from the FBI, Mississippi ranks fourth in the nation for murders per capita each year. That's roughly 11 homicides per 100,000 residents. Overall, however, the rate for all violent crime in the state ranks 15th. Violent crimes include murder, manslaughter, rape, robbery, aggravated assault, and vehicular homicide. Mississippi's rate for those crimes is 277 per 100,000 since 2003, families of those lost to violent crime have gathered in the capital city to honor their memories. Yesterday in the lobby of the Walter Sellers building in downtown Jackson, a 16-foot tall Christmas tree was adorned with ornaments. Mississippi Attorney General Lynn Fitch spoke at the dedication, thanking families for attending and assuring survivors.
1: come together, it really provides strength for the survivors, the families, those that lost ones, to be here together. And we can honor these individuals. And as you can see with this beautiful tree and all the ornaments, everybody that comes by gets an opportunity to see the tree, to think about those lives that were lost. And we can pray for these individuals, pray for these families, talk about a better day. we don't have a tree like this anymore. That's the ultimate goal. And how we can, again, support in our office with our partners, all these loved ones who are suffering because they've lost someone in their family.
2: Some families come yearly to honor their loved ones. Casey Loper of Pearl was there to honor Randy Burgess, a friend that was killed in 2016. She tells our Lacey Alexander she hung an angel ornament in his honor and says she's come here before.
3: A friend of mine actually made it, um, and he would call a lot of people Angel, and so it had angel wings on it in his name. Thank you so much. How does this, uh, What does this kind of event mean to you? It's a way to honor him um, every year. Um, he was murdered at the end of or middle of December, so it's really close to the time of the anniversary, too. So it just really means a lot to, to be able to honor him and, and keep him in our memories. And one last question for you. This is very holiday themed. There's a big tree behind you. Why are the holidays a good time to honor victims like this?
1: Because the holidays
3: are a really hard time for us to go through those holidays without our loved ones. And so it's just a a time to celebrate their lives, remember them, and then, you know, carry them with us through the holiday season.
2: Attorney General Fitch says it's important for her office to provide these families and friends the opportunity to come together during the holiday season.
1: Certainly our mission in the Attorney General's office is to serve, and this is a compassionate way to acknowledge those families, those lost ones, and again, come together, and be prayerful, be uplifting, and be empowering, particularly during the holiday season. It is hard on these families every day. But as you go through the holiday season and they have lost one of their family members, to be together and know that we're all here for them and we're doing it together to support them in every way that we possibly can is very special.
2: The rate of violent crime in Mississippi has increased since 2010. Coming up, we explore HIV treatment, prevention, and barriers to care in the state. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
0: What can you do with the MPB radio
3: app? Listen live, hear local news, view the schedule, make a contribution, listen to shows on demand, and interact with social media. Get the app for your smartphone now.
2: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. December is HIV Awareness Month. Mississippi has one of the highest rates for HIV infection in the nation. But since the onset of the epidemic in the 1980s, medical advances in treatment and prevention of HIV and AIDS have made living with the disease easier to manage. In part two of his conversation with our Lacey Alexander, infectious disease specialist Dr. Ben Brock breaks down the prevention, treatment, and barriers to care, starting with pre-exposure, prophylaxis, or PrEP.
0: About zero percent of people who are fully adherent to PrEP, meaning that they're taking PrEP correctly, are getting HIV. Uh, PrEP is extremely effective, but it's hard to quantify someone being on PrEP because they may have been prescribed PrEP and not picked it up, or they might have been on PrEP for a few months and quit it. Uh, so people who are on PrEP continually and taking it every day do not get HIV. Um, it's it's not well described, at least. It can happen in theory, but it would be a very rare situation uh, because it's so effective. Uh, access to PrEP is limited, same as for access to lots of other specialty services it often still remains in specialty care like infectious diseases clinics even though it's very easy to prescribe and easy to follow um it's low risk it's paid for by health insurance and so um there shouldn't be any theoretical barriers to prep but we find the same with lots of other health care conditions where Access to primary care and preventive services is really limited in Mississippi, especially for low income people and people who live in rural areas, uh, uninsured people. And so, um, PrEP is just like getting screened for hypertension and diabetes or treatment for those kinds of things. Um, it's, it's basic primary care. And so, um, it's, uh, just a issue where we're failing our population as with all these other screening preventive services
3: and is there a way that you have to qualify for the prep drug
0: no the cdc is very liberal now with who qualifies for prep so pretty much anyone who wants prep uh that is a criterion because it's recognized that people who are seeking prep services are candidates um and uh The drug company will pay for the medicine if patients are uninsured and um, meet pretty liberal uh, financial requirements. There is a program called the Medicaid Family Planning Waiver Program that will pay for um, HIV screening and prevention services, including your laboratory bills and your doctor visit bills. Uh, But the Medicaid Family Planning Waiver Program is not well uh, enrolled. And so it's underutilized. The last thing I guess is that it, uh, Prep gets a grade A rating by the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force, which is a federal entity, a national entity that um, gives ratings for preventive services. And what that means, based on the Affordable Care Act, is that Prep has to be covered by insurance. So for patients who are insured, Prep should be covered, um, assuming that it's you know billed correctly by the provider and everything.
3: And obviously this is going to differ case-to-case, person-to-person, but when someone is diagnosed with HIV, what does that treatment process generally look like?
0: Yeah, um, patients get a visit with, you know, a clinic and they get some basic blood work done and they get prescribed medicines. We typically start patients on antiretroviral therapy very early, usually on the day of diagnosis if we can. Uh, most patients are able to take one pill a day. Uh, now, just recently, we have long-acting therapies available, so um, that's an uh, exciting new development where patients might, who aren't able to take medicines or don't want to take medicines by mouth uh, might be able to uh, get an injection every couple of months. Hopefully, there will be more convenient therapies like that down the line, but right now, It's first in class for a situation, but for patients who don't do that, a pill a day works for almost everybody, and it will be covered by insurance. Um, And then there is also the federal Ryan White program, which will cover the cost of people's care and medicines if they don't have insurance. So there's a federal program that's a safety net for people with HIV as well. So there's really no financial reason that patients shouldn't be able to get access to. Um, HIV care and the medicines for it. And I, I'll say, um, you know, HIV is historically a uh, universally fatal illness. Uh, and in the era before 1996, when we didn't have medicines available for it, it was essentially a death sentence, but it has been transformed into a completely manageable illness, just like high blood pressure, where a pill a day uh, can completely control it and essentially. Reverse the whole disease process as long as um, patients are able to stay on the treatment to keep the HIV suppressed.
3: For the mortality rate, because it is so manageable, what are maybe some reasons that people are still passing? Is it because they have other conditions making things worse? Is it because they don't have access to care?
0: Yeah, it's essentially an economic issue and a social justice issue. Mississippi still is a Medicaid non-expansion state. We have high rates of uninsured status it's a largely rural area where patients have to travel for hours to come for um, specialty care. Uh, stigma is a huge barrier still. Um, all all of those are the reasons why we have a high mortality rate. The other thing is um, late HIV diagnoses. People who are at risk for HIV it ideally would be on PrEP, but not everybody who's at risk uh, knows that they're at risk, um, we have HIV screening. It's also very effective. And if everybody were getting screened for HIV routinely, we would at least diagnose it early. But unfortunately, Mississippi still has about a quarter of people with HIV get diagnosed late when they're already sick from it. And um, you know, the goal with HIV, if you can't prevent it, is to uh, diagnose it early and get on treatment early so that you prevent all the complications from it.
3: And this is probably an ignorant question, but does HIV affect people who were biologically born um male differently than it affects people biologically born female uh
0: no, as far as the natural history of HIV men and women um, you know if they're if they contract HIV have similar natural histories if they're untreated uh you know in the way of progressing, but the treatment's the same for both of them. <laughs> and the treatment is very effective for uh, both genders.
3: Gotcha. My last question for you is December is HIV Awareness Month. What exactly do you want our listeners to be aware of when it comes to this disease?
0: Well, uh, for anyone in state leadership, I'd like them to consider Medicaid expansion to uh, improve access to care. any, anything else in uh, promoting social justice would improve the health outcomes of our population, including HIV. HIV is not a silo, and so it um, impacts people that are low-income or vulnerable populations just as any other illness. Um, I'd like to say that HIV is uh, totally preventable, and HIV prevention services are safe and effective and should be covered um, by your primary care. And Uh, HIV treatment is really effective, too. So if anyone is not on treatment, I'd encourage them to do so and uh, and get screened. And if you're at risk, take prep. It works.
3: Gotcha. Dr. Brock, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with us about this.
0: Absolutely. Thank you.
2: Coming up, one of America's oldest Christmas traditions returns. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hello,
3: mpb think radio listeners
2: right now you are listening to me live but if you ever want to hear a past local show then subscribe to mpb think radio youtube channel on youtube that way you can catch all your favorite past local shows on your phone your laptop or your smart tv and you can listen whenever it's convenient for you mpb think radio's youtube channel subscribe now I wish I could sing. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier, and that is the Bellhaven Singing Christmas Tree. The annual performance is celebrating its 90th anniversary this weekend, making it one of the oldest traditions in the country. It started back in 1933 when the university was an all-women's college. Then it was just a collection of vocal performances. But director Tim Walker says the production has morphed and evolved over time. He shares more about it with us.
4: Obviously, since 1933, it has taken many shapes and forms and um, modernize. Um, Bellhaven is one of the few universities in the country that is accredited in all the arts, and so last year, we made the decision to begin to include the arts beyond just music, um, and introduce theater and dance as part of that program. So that was a first um, for that, and um, all of that will be active this year. Still Hanging on to many of the traditions that was began with that first tree of Oh Holy Night, sung from the very top, um, that has remained in tradition for all 90 years, and will be the same this year. Um, other elements have changed, and um, it is an event that is certainly geared for multi generations. There's something there for everybody, from young to those who have been attending the tree for years. There'll be things that they recognize and things that are new.
2: What is a singing Christmas tree? Describe it for us.
4: Um, So it is a 11-row structure shaped in the frame of a tree um, that has a place for people to stand. And they literally stand inside the tree and sing there's lights on it that blink to the music and for you know the first 88 years um it was some variation of that obviously not back in 1933 did they do i think they held candles while they sang Um, but over the years as electricity became more involved um the tree became more elaborate and um so now we have a tree that is somewhat animated uh, to dance with the, the music that is sung.
2: Who constructs that? Who puts that tree together?
4: Um, it was purchased from a tree manufacturing company that that, that Bill sees, um, and the maintenance staff at Bellhaven um, put the tree together.
2: And how many people does it take to pull this off, from singing to background, volunteers, and so forth? Probably about 175 people to pull it off. How many of those are singing? Um, 90
4: of those are singing. Um, But we also have dancers that are in that 175, actors, technical personnel, construction. In fact, it might even be above 175 now that I'm saying all the different areas that are involved publicity. So it is, it is a campus-wide um, effort. It's one of the biggest events that Belhaven does each year.
2: You mentioned acting. Do you recreate the birth of Christ in the manger? Is that a, or some...
4: We we do theatrical vignettes of that. We never complete a full nativity, but Mary and Joseph appear and sing a duet. Um, shepherds appear, um, and angels dance around them. But there is a storyteller that tells the full story.
2: Are all the participants students, or what, how do you get the students involved in this? Is it just the art department that participates? No, um,
4: Belhaven um, Chorus um, makes up the majority of the Christmas tree, but alumni, um, faculty members, and community members are invited to be a part of this as well.
2: How long have you been practicing?
4: Our first rehearsal was in October, so for a couple of months.
2: And tell us when the event takes place and where on campus.
4: Um, the event is December second and third at seven thirty on um, each evening. Uh, the field um non the bowl with a little field at Bellhaven will open around six thirty. Um those wishing to set on the field uh, should bring a quilt or a blanket to put down on the turf. Chairs are not allowed on the astral turf. Um but the bleachers on the home side are open for seating um as well as a grassy area um and sidewalks up there where people can bring chairs that they also wish to set up there.
2: Is there anything that you'd like to mention that I didn't ask you?
4: If you're looking for a way to kick off your Christmas season, um, this is a wonderful outdoor event that you can bring your whole family to and um, get in the spirit of Christmas.
2: Do you record it so people can see it later if they can't make it?
4: Um, It is recorded, and I'm not sure exactly when it gets posted, I do know that it's not an immediate post of that.
2: And is there a fee?
4: Yeah, it's completely free. It's a Delhaven's gift to the community.
2: All right, Tim Walker, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us about the singing Christmas tree, celebrating how many years again?
4: This is its 90th anniversary.
2: 90th anniversary. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stick around for a full morning of Mississippi Radio.